are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Jordan. Welcome to episode five. Today we are going to be talking about urban legends. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. Kind of all over the map with these. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, but first, before we get into that, we want to give uh, some shout outs. The first one we'd like to shout out is Dead Academy Podcast. Mm-hmm. They, they can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. They just dropped their 51st episode on Catherine Knight, which was very interesting. They talk a lot about true crime and the paranormal. They can be found at uh, Dead Academy Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So go give those ladies a listen. Yep. We also have um, some other exciting news that's coming up. We're going to be partnering with Hook CMEC. Um, they actually approached us via Instagram, mm-hmm. and they've been listening for a long time. They have um, some of their people that um, that work with them are Disney ex-Disney employees. Uh, so they really liked our play on uh, the Richard Ramirez about yeah. <laughs> going to Disneyland. Yeah, so Not a good look for them. But. <laughs> so it kind of sparked some uh, conversations <clears throat> between us, and we're really looking forward to that partnership. So, yep. uh, so we will probably be showcased on their website, I would say, sometime next week. Yeah, um, sometime in the next few days. So make sure you check them out, see um, see what presenters they are showcasing. So thanks to Hook CMEC, we appreciate it. Yep, and we also recently just started a Patreon page. It's uh, patreon.com slash mysteryhistorypodcast. And we have three tiers if you want to support the show. Uh, the first tier is just a dollar a month. Uh, it's just general support for the show and a shout out on a podcast episode. Uh, the next one is $5 a month. And you get the previous tier plus exclusive voting show uh, power to show decisions, requests for upcoming episodes, and a private patron community. And the last one is a $10 tier, and it gets you everything in the previous two tiers plus ad-free episodes, uh, 10% uh, merch promo code you get to use on the store, and a Mystery History Podcast sticker that we'll send to you. Please give us your money. (laughs) We're poor. Yeah. Now, I mean, we... Jordan and I do this because we really enjoy the topics that we talk about, and yeah. this is our hobby. However, it's very expensive. Yeah, recording these mics, equipments, yeah. These mics are not cheap, I tell you. Want to get better software and yeah. eventually be able to do uh, video podcasts and stuff like that. So Right, so, yeah. so this money is not for us to just go spend it and buy stuff, but it's to put back into the show and provide you better quality. Right, try to so. build it up as much as we can. Yep. So anything you can donate, we would greatly appreciate it. So uh, we are we are all, at almost 500 downloads. Yep, which is pretty cool. Uh, we got a new country, South Africa. <laughs> yep. So the South African who's listening, I would like to know about your sharks and your snakes <laughs> because they both uh, interest me. So tell me about that. But, um, but we appreciate everybody who's been liking, sharing, um, downloading the show. The more five stars we can get, the higher up on the scale we become. So we would be showcased by, you know, Apple or, or Spotify. So any love you can give us, we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's enough of the, the nitty gritty here. So we wanted to say happy Mother's Day to all of our listeners. We yep. forgot to announce that last episode. A uh, special shout out to our mother. Yep. She won't hear this. But. She doesn't listen to the show. 
Don't tell her about it either. Anybody who knows her. Yeah. She needs to figure it out on her own. She'll find it one day and then feel one real day. bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> and to our stepmom, Terry, who does listen. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being our mom. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to talk about the uh, crazy shenanigan that happened earlier today? Yeah, I only almost got uh, had a panic attack. Panic attack. <laughs> so I've associated our podcast with Panda Express. Don't know how that happened. But I made it be true. That would be a sponsor. That would be fantastic. Yeah. So Panda (laughs) Express, if you want to get at me, we'd love to showcase you on the show. Um, But yeah, so we were driving to Panda Express. I picked up Jordan. Here we are driving in my car. We got it. We had to wait for a while. And then we were on our way back. So I'm driving (laughs) quite fast, which is how I normally drive. Yeah, a little too fast, to be honest. Um, Yeah. Maybe 77, 78-ish, mm-hmm. I would say. Somewhere in there. Um, so I'm driving. I get a phone call because I had previously called my haircut place, Holiday Hair. If you want to sponsor us, get at me. <laughs> and talk to someone who said they would be calling me back because their schedule right now with Ohio lifting their ban um, now is at a two-week delay on haircuts. So they were supposed to call me yesterday. They didn't call me. So today they call me right in the middle of me passing a state trooper. Mm-hmm. Good who, timing. Who then decides to pull out behind me. Yeah. So I'm talking to this lady and I say, listen, lady, I think I'm about to get pulled over. <laughs> she didn't give a shit. She didn't care. She <laughs> said, if you hang up with me, you're going to be put at the bottom of the list. And I said, okay, well, let's talk this out. Fine, Becky. Fine. <laughs> So, the short of the story is is that Becky, we'll call her, does not know her dates. Because I told her we were going to be out of town. But she oh still proceeded to tell me days of when I was told her that I'd be out of town. It was oh, so hard not to laugh. However. She's like, can you do Friday? And then <laughs> she's we're like, uh, I'm going to be out of town this Friday. And she's like, all right, cool. Saturday? <laughs> still no. That's a big no. And here I am trying to focus on the cop that's behind me, getting ready to turn on his lights. Oh, man. And I've been watching a lot of live PD lately, so I'm really kind of paranoid about the whole thing, quite honestly. So I haven't been pulled over in 10 years, probably. So luckily, he we did not get pulled over. We made it back to George's house safely with our Panda Express. Turned out to be a guy in front of us. Yeah. It was he went right around us and then, yep. Yeah. Too bad. Got him. So that's our Panda Express story. That was a man, tension-filled few minutes it there. Was exciting, <laughs> but just so everybody knows, I did get my haircut scheduled. Yeah, in two weeks. Not this weekend because we won't be. <laughs> Not this weekend. Still, we won't be here. <laughs> we'll be in Pennsylvania mm. visiting our family. Yep. For Memorial Day. So, and shout out to our Pennsylvania family too, by the way. Yeah, they've been giving us a lot of love. On a lot here. of love. Yeah, Aunt Jill. We appreciate you. She thinks that we're sitting right there in our living room. Well, this weekend, we'll be there. We'll be in your living room. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what I did, and I think, George, you did the same thing, is I researched uh, some urban legends. And some of them, most of them, are ones maybe that I haven't heard of, Mm -hmm. not as prevalent as, um, you know, the, the usual suspects here. So yeah. what I did is I took the urban legend and then the origins of the story and how maybe it came to be. So uh, we just, Jord worked on his, I worked on mine. So we're just kind of, kind of 
play on each other here. One of us will read and then kind of switch off that way. Yeah. Yeah. I also try to get some that aren't as well or famous, I guess. Yeah. And then towards the end, I've got some more that I just have the urban legend. I don't have the the true story because I couldn't really find it. So yeah, I tried to do the same. Also, most of these, I don't have the explanation, but there's a couple I do and that's that's interesting to me, but yeah. I'm, I couldn't find it for a lot of them. Yeah. So if, if anybody knows anything about the stories we're about to share and if you have any additional origin stories or things that you've heard, if you have some urban legends in your area that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear that too. Mm-hmm. So and remember, okay. you can send us voice messages. Voice messages. On Anchor. So yeah. that'd be interesting. We could play some of those and yeah. talk about them. Yeah. Somebody try that. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go first. All right. Because I'm the CEO of this bitch. <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> That's what your business card should say. <laughs> yes. Just our logo and CEO of this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. So the first one I have is short. It's the Love Roller Coaster. You know that song? Roller Coaster. Yeah. That was in uh, Final Destination 3. And Because uh, the roller coaster. Yeah. Yep. And the movie Urban Legend. I don't think I've ever seen... I've seen bits and pieces what? of it. I don't think I've ever seen the whole that thing. That movie's so good. I just remember the opening whenever they're, the girl's getting gas. Joshua Jackson's my BF. I love him. Mighty Ducks. Mighty Duck reason. Man. He's good. Okay, so the urban legend is that the Ohio Players released Love Roller Coaster in 1975. That's not an urban legend. That really happened. Good. Noted. <laughs> That's the truth. During the song, around the 1 minute and 24 second mark, there's a scream that seems to resemble a female screaming in panic. According to the urban legend, Esther Cordett, the model featured on the album cover, had a freak accident where her skin was burned with some heated honey. I don't know if she was, like, waxing or what was happening, but she was burned. Esther threatened to sue for compensation of her injuries and ended up being stabbed to death by the band manager in the control room. Holy shit. And her scream is what you hear in the song. Wait, that actually happened? She actually got murdered? No, this is Urban Legend, bro. Is she alive? I don't know the answer to that. Well, shit. This seems- <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't wild. Know. Yes. So, the truth... Oh, is the scream heard in the song is actually Billy Beck, the band's keyboardist. Fucking Billy. Billy, who tried to imitate a scream of joy while riding a roller coaster. (laughs) And apparently, Billy screams like a girl. He's never had fun in his life. Never. He just terrified screams only. Right. (laughs) So, um, our stepmom, Terry, actually brought this to my attention. And it is mentioned briefly in the Urban Legend movie. Oh, really? Yeah, that... That it's a real girl screaming. But really, it's just Billy. <laughs> Good old Billy. They're probably finished and listen to it back. And like, God damn it, Billy. <laughs> you sound like a girl. <laughs> All right. So that was the my first one. All right. Tell me a story. I have a bunch. I'm going to try to find a shorter one. Uh, we, we'll go over Cropsy because we just yeah. watched a documentary on Friday about it. Yeah. So basically... The urban legend was that it's in uh, Staten Island, New York, and there's a big uh, mental hospital. It's called Seaview Hospital, and the urban legend was that there's an escaped mental patient who had a hook for a hand who would basically capture kids. Mm-hmm. And in the 70s and 80s, there was a string of kids that went missing on Staten Island, and um, they used to parents apparently used to 
spook their kids to go to bed at night. They say, if you don't go to bed, then Cropsy's going to get you. And then it turned out, like, that was before all the kidnaps started happening. And then there started to be kidnaps, kidnappings. Kidnaps. Kidnaps, as you, as you do. <laughs> and um, they, the first person to go missing was five-year-old Alice Pereira. Pereira? Sorry, I probably butchered that name. But she vanished in 1972 after playing with her brother. Uh, the second was Holly Ann Hughes, who was seven. And she was spotted with an older man the day of her disappearance in 1981. And nobody knew who it was for a while. The third was Thais Jackson, um, who disappeared in 1983. And the last one was Hank Gaforio, who was 22. And the thing about all these kids is they all had low IQs mm-hmm. or learning disabilities of some sort. And um, they found out it was a man who used to be a custodian at the Seaview Hospital. Um, his name was Andre Rand. Um, he was born Frank Ruchan. Um, he worked at, as a janitor for the mentally disabled uh, not far from the ruins of Seaview. Uh, during its 40 years of operations, it uh, came under fire for uh, mistreating its occupants. Basically, and he was one of them. He was an occupant. He was he was mistreating people because oh, he was okay. a custodian. That's what I thought. He looks like he could have been in there though. He yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, some of the you can look him up, and he looks he looks like uh, Charles Manson to me. Yeah, like a taller, like bigger jaw. Yeah, he's bigger. It's his eyes. He has crazy eyes. Mm-hmm. He looks like a comic book character. Uh huh. It's weird. He's a weird looking guy. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. Apparently, he got out of jail. He went to jail in 1983, and then he got out uh, in 2004, and then went right back into jail for another kid. Yeah. Because they, they got him for one, and then he got out and then right back into the courtroom. And then he went back for 25 years, and he'll be able to get parole when he's 98. So. Yeah, because he's still alive, right? Yeah, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. He's like 79 or 78 or something like that. Yeah, he'll never see the light of day. No. Hopefully. Yeah, it's awful. They that documentary was rough. It's called Cropsy Urban Legend or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty. They do a good job with going through old photos and stuff like that. It's pretty interesting to watch. And just the treatment of the people in the facility yeah, is crazy. Awesome. And the building itself is still there. And they mm-hmm. actually go at night to try to look at stuff in the building, and they see they they scare the crap out of themselves because there's a group of kids. Who were also trying to, you know, spook themselves and buy into the legend. And I don't know. It's, it is a crazy building. I'm surprised it's not torn down. And that was actually, it's called Willowbrook. There must have been two hospitals right next to each other. Because there's Seaview and Willowbrook. Yeah. Willowbrook was the one with all the kids that were getting and, mistreated. And the Willowbrook Park is the <clears throat> one that they were found. The one girl's the, body yeah. was found. Yeah. It's awful. So... There's a couple of them that were never, still to this day, never found. Yeah, Ugh, I just can't imagine not knowing where your kid went ever. No, that's what they interviewed the parents, and it was still. Terrible. I mean, yeah. no matter how much time passes, you always wonder if today the day they're going to come home. That's what. Yeah, that's what they said. It's hard to grasp that they're not alive mm-hmm. if they don't know that yeah. they're not alive. So it's just, and especially with if you have a child with a learning disability or something yeah. like that. So it's they could have just wandered off, mm-hmm. and that's the scarier thing. It's. Just, yeah. That's awful. But yeah, that's what Geraldo Rivera did a, uh investigation in 1972. Mm-hmm. And then... And it didn't close down till 10 years later. 
Yeah, it says nineteen eighty seven. The school yeah. closed. So that they they knew that it was terrible, and they mm-hmm. just kept on trucking. That's nuts. I'm sure there was. Back, I'm sure it got worse. Oh yeah, Ugh. I'm I'm sure back in like in the day, like the fifties and sixties and stuff, there was mm-hmm. a lot of places like that. Oh, I'm sure too. That's what they used to just anybody that had like a learning disability. They thought they were just like bad, so mm-hmm. they put them in a hospital like that. Or that's awful. Crazy. Yep. All right, you ready for my next one? Yep. It is. Beware of Slave Master. Slave Master. Yes. It's a screen name. Oh. AOL. AOL. AIM. <laughs> In 1993, an email started circulating from the Maryland State Police warning women that there was someone on the internet going by Slave Master, who had apparently killed 56 women. There are other versions of the story identifying the killer as other screen names, such as Dreamweaver, Gray... Sweet Callie Guy Forever, <laughs> Monkey Man, and Jason Stallings. So, I don't... Do you remember AOL? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, dial-up? Oh, yeah. I remember you being on it. I don't think... I was never on dial-up, but I remember oh, AIM yeah. and stuff. I remember sending your away message. Yeah. 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 I remember being on AOL for hours and hours and hours. It's and like... It's basically like texting is now. Yeah. But you couldn't... Take it with you. Yeah, so you just sit at the computer and yeah. talk to people. But I remember going into chat rooms and... See, I don't remember chat rooms or Oh, anything. yeah. So I remember talking to this one guy, and him and I actually would talk on the phone. Ugh. So hopefully mom doesn't hear this because I'd be in so much trouble. <laughs> that was probably 14 or so. Ew. And his name was Johnny Cakes. That's not right. I remember that. Yeah, fake. And I forget where he was. He was in like... Arkansas or something like what that. The fu- I didn't know any of this. Yeah. Ugh. So we would, we, and he was never like weird or creepy or anything like that. Mm. And I do think he probably, I think he was older. I think I was 14. And I think he was like 16 or 17. Oh, so But like- he would buy phone cards because back then it cost money to call people. So I would never call him. He would always call me and he had to buy phone cards. Wow. And I don't even ever really remember what happened and how that ended, but I just stopped hearing from him. So, that's scary. That is, yeah, creepy. But anyways, so Slave Master. And there was always stories of other screen names that people would say were, you know, looking for people to hurt and don't give your information out to anybody. And Well, AOL got in trouble for, like, sex trafficking in those chat rooms. Uh-huh. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I don't even remember. I had no business being in a chat room. It was like child sex rings and stuff were in AOL chat rooms. Yeah. And that's like, they had like code words and stuff. There was like a big, I watched a documentary about it a while ago. But I remember going over to Rachel, my best friend's house, and we would be up all night long just going in chat rooms. And now they have like the, what's it called? The chat roulette. Yeah. That's creepy. It is kind of creepy. But anyways, so Slave Master um, is kind of true. So the the truth of this is there was a man in Kansas who called himself Slave Master and was being investigated in connection with the death of five women in Kansas and Missouri. There were not 56 victims, and he no longer stalked women on the Internet. The killings were called the barrel slayings because the bodies of the victims were found in 86-pound chemical drums. Wow. Uh, John Edward Robinson was arrested in 2000, not too long ago. In his home in Olathe, Kansas, John Edward Robinson scoured the internet for sadomasochistic sex and was arrested after two women told police that Robinson had brutalized them in a Kansas hotel. 
In 2003, he was found guilty of three murders, and in 2005, he had admitted to five additional homicides. Man. Robinson was found guilty and sentenced to death by lethal injection, and he's currently on death row at El Dorado Correctional Facility in Kansas. Whoa. So, so it was a real guy, or was like... Yeah, it's, John Edwards is a real dude. But was he like linked to that screen name, or was it just... No, I think it was just like a... Like a connection? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So, have you ever seen the movie Strangeland? No. You need to watch it. It's got Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister. Yeah. He's a bad guy. And he goes by Captain Howdy. It's about like that's his screen name. It's about like yeah, all that and stuff. some girl talks to him and he lures him to their house and does horrible shit. So strange, you know, strange land is it's a good one. How old is that? That movie? Yeah, I remember renting it on VHS. Oh, so some people listening might not even know what that is. VHS is a tape <laughs> that you had to rewind or else they'd charge you yeah. for late. Allie knows for, all about that. Yeah, our dad used to scream at her for that. Yep. <laughs> $30 bills just in <laughs> rewind fees. That's, that's so, whoever came up with that. I don't know. That was a good marketing play because yeah. they got tons of money out of us. Oh, yeah. Out of you. Me. And late fees. Not me. It was the, my, our parents' money. Sorry. But yeah. When we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. I remember they'd go in to rent a movie and they'd be like, oh, there's a $20 late fee. I'm like, God. <laughs> yeah. Every time. I do the same thing, though, at Redbox. I don't go to Redbox anymore. I'll just buy the movie because by the time I go back and return it, I owe so much, I could have just bought it a couple times. I think it's like, they stop charging you after like a month. Yeah, and you like just 30. own it. Yeah. It's like $30. So they end up making a bunch of money off the movie. Yeah, off of me still. I haven't learned my lesson. <laughs> 33 years old. Uh, I can't remember the last time I actually bought a movie. I always just so, rent them. That's what I do now, and I don't rent them hard copy. I rent them through Yeah, like Xbox Amazon or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. No late fees there. Heck no. <laughs> they just take it away. No responsibility. No longer have access. <laughs> All right. Is that all for that one? That's all. This next one, I'm probably going to butcher the name. Polybius, I think is how you say it. It's a video game. You ever heard of that? Mm-mm. It is. So I, this is from mentalfloss.com. It says, video vintage video gamers have long traded stories about a coin-operated game in the early 1980s in Portland that had strange effects on its players. The game titled Polybius was alleged to have prompted feelings of disorientation, amnesia, game addiction, and even suicide. The machine's cabinet was said to be painted entirely black, and it was rumored that stern-looking men would sometimes visit the arcades to collect information from the machine before disappearing. Hmm. It says there's speculation that it was a CIA experiment uh, spun off from MKUltra, and it was linked to psychoactive drug studies. So basically, the images you saw would have psychoactive effects on you. What? Mm-hmm. We need to do an episode on MK Ultra. Yeah, we do. I got that in the notes, yeah. Um, then they go on to say, while the story doesn't hold up to scrutiny, individual pieces are actually based in fact. Brian Dunning, the host of the Skeptoid podcast, did some investigative work uh, that found a 12-year-old named Brian Morrow had become sickened during a 28-hour video game marathon contest in Portland in 1981. Uh, apparently, he drank too much soda and experienced stomach discomfort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do that. Uh, just a few days later, Portland area arcades were raided by federal agents who seized cabinets uh, that were being used for gambling. Huh. So that's where the CIA connection came in. Okay. And then it said, coupled with the accent, the coupled with the existence of a real game named Polyplay, these memories seem to amalgamate into the Polybius legend. Amalgamate, so, eh? Yeah. Like that word? That's a big one. You're welcome. 
I know words. But, Can uh, I get a definition? So, you know, it's, uh, stuff happens in there, in that word. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so it's pretty much just a kid drank too much soda, and then there's a video game ring. Hmm. And then, but the, apparently, there's still people out there that said that the game was real. Yeah. And then they just took it away and then said people were crazy for saying that. Yeah. And like made them do stuff, the video. Huh? Like well, it the, just, well, it made them feel certain ways. Okay. So, like, once they played it, it's kind of like uh, the ring, how like you s- keep seeing it in your head. Yeah. So, it's kind of like, it's like something burned into your mind. Okay. Kind of hmm. stuff. It's pretty interesting. Creepy. Yeah. I like all that old video game stuff anyway. Mm hmm. Your dog. There's a dog in here, and it's beating its tail against the metal legs of the table. She's awful. All right. Body under the bed. I got this one, too. That's interesting. All right. So the urban legend is... Oh, that was me. That was not her. That was me. Um, I dinged my watch. Okay. A man and woman went to Las Vegas for their honeymoon and checked into a suite. When they got back to their room, they were overpowered. When they got to their room, they were overpowered with a bad odor. The husband called the front desk and asked to speak to a manager. He told the manager about the smell and that they wanted to stay in another suite. But the manager apologized because there was a convention in town and they didn't have any more rooms available to offer them. So instead of that, he offered them offered to send them to a restaurant and have a housekeeper come up to see if she could detect what the odor was and take care of it. They returned back from lunch, and the smell was still there. He called and spoke to a manager again and told him that they were going to going sightseeing, and they'd be gone for two hours and give them enough time to come back and clean the room. If they returned and the smell was still there, they were going to leave and find another hotel. After the couple left, the manager and the housekeeper went to the room to search for the cause of the stench, but they couldn't find anything. They changed the towels, they took the curtains down, cleaned the carpets, and still the the smell lingered. Mm. The couple came back after two hours to find, of course, that the room still smelled, and the husband was so mad, he decided he was going to find the source of the smell. So he starts tearing the suite apart. As he pulled the top mattress off the box spring, he discovered the dead body of a woman who had been stuffed in under the mattress. Mm. So do you think this is true? No. You're wrong. It's true. What? (laughs) It's true. It's true. So uh, after doing a lot of research, unfortunately, this actually happens like a lot. What? Like a lot. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. I got a couple examples. You ready? Nope. In 1999, the body of Saul Hernandez, who was 64, was found in room 112 of the Burgundy Motor Inn after two tourists slept there overnight. Oh, my Lord. The couple complained the next morning and was given a new room, and the motel housekeeper discovered the body. Ugh. In 2003, a cleaning crew discovered a body of a man stuffed under the mattress in a room at the Capri Motel in Kansas City. Apparently, the man had been dead for some time. The person staying in the room had stayed there for three days, constantly complaining of the smell, and checked out because he could no longer deal with it. After he checked out, the housekeeper made the discovery. In 2010, the Memphis police responded to a call from a motel where employees had noticed a foul odor in one of the rooms. Investigators found the body of Sunny Millbrook under the bed in room 222. Police say she was found inside the metal box frame that sits directly on the floor. So I used to work at a hotel for three years. <laughs> I started out as a housekeeper, and then I moved up to the front desk. I got to tell you, I could see how that would happen. How? Because you know those 
beds that just sit on top of the box spring. So like, there's no way to look under them. No, I mean, there's no way to look under them. And and as a housekeeper, I wouldn't move the whole bed and like check under there. No, unless I didn't think about the metal. And to be honest, I worked at this hotel for three years and I don't know which one we had. If we had one that was just like a, a slab, you know, that it goes on or what, but because I'd imagine they're all mostly hollow. Because there's yeah. no reason for them to be filled in under there. Yeah, they should start filling them in. Oof. So I don't that know. And and just hotel work in general, you. Uh, oh, I'd imagine you see some stuff. The cops knew who I was because I constantly had to call them. I worked the night shift, and it was nice because there was a lot of construction workers that would come in, and it was a, a hotel that people would stay at for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So they would be there for like a month at a time when they were working on all the construction. And they'd come in and they'd, you know, chat with me. They'd buy me dinner. Um, We had a ham radio convention that came into town and they were still there. They actually saved me one day. I had a ham convention come in. All the hotels were booked. We had overbooked a room and this guy was like screaming at me. Hmm. So I had like 15 construction worker guys hear that him yelling at me and he they came out and like stood around me and the guy just left Dang, well, that's cool. <laughs> so so yeah it was it, it wasn't a bad job I, I actually really enjoyed it and the people that would come for business and they'd come you know several times and you get a rapport with them so I really liked my hotel job but I could definitely see where that could happen mm-hmm. in real life yeah, I guess it's easy to overlook things because, like you said, you wouldn't ever think to no. look under there. No. Once it's there, it's just there. Yeah. It's like everything else. Most things are like bolted down in those cheaper hotels. Yeah. Like the, even like the end tables and yeah. stuff are just like attached to the ground. Yep. So. So I could definitely, ugh, I could How much definitely is it see. to stay at a hotel for a month? That has to be so expensive. It's like, thir- it was like $33 a day. Oh, that's not bad. Or something like that. You get to That's just discounted yeah. the longer you stay. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. The next one I have is The Licking Hand, which is, the story goes, in the dead of night, a child uh, hears strange noises, and for comfort, they put their hand down to dangle off the bed so their dog can lick it. For comfort, I guess. I've never done that. No, I don't even like the sound of licking. (laughs) Kind of weird. But um, when the child wakes up and begins hearing noises around the house, um, in some variations of the story, they find the dog hanging from the noose. Or they found their parents bludgeoned to death and with a note that says humans can lick too, is the story. That gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, that's a good uh, legend. Yeah. But the truth is that um, it made its its rounds in the 60s and was a way to scare marshmallow roasting campers, basically. And the tale's first appearance, uh, appearance had come as early as 1871 when someone wrote a story they heard in English... English in English. It wasn't English. It was from England <laughs> about a jewel thief who invade, evaded detection by licking the hand of a man who awoke to strange noises. That's disgusting. So basically he licked his hand and the guy thought it was a dog and went back to sleep and the guy got away. Could you imagine <laughs> if that tale was going around now, people would be like, that's bullshit. There's a coronavirus. I'm not going to lick anybody's hands. <laughs> that's scarier than the story. <laughs> Just alive off me. That's the end of it. The man licked the guy's hand and he got corona. Yeah, then he died. (laughs) All right. That's all for that one. Yeah, there wasn't really that much to it. All right. Poisoned Halloween candy. Do you remember 
having mom and dad check your candy after you got home from Halloween. Yep, had to dump it all out and all that. Yeah, we got to check it all, and then they got to take some Reese's Cups just to be sure. <laughs> Took all the full-size bars. All the full-size. All, all the good stuff, yep. That's what I do. I tell Evie I'm inspecting her candy and take all the Reese's Cups because that's my favorite. But no, I still inspect her candy. But the urban legend, of course, is that strangers hide poison or sharp objects in Halloween candy, such as razor razor blades, <laughs> razor blades, needles, broken glass, and um, distributing the candy out to random kids during Halloween. Mm-hmm. The truth is um, that, of course, parents have been freaking out about their kids eating candy since the Industrial Revolution. So that's when you kind of candy they have. Uh, licorice, just old candy corn, because that shit's been around forever. True. Um, so that's when the food production was taken out of the home and then put into factories, and no one gotcha. knew who was making their food. Mm-hmm. So this led, of course, to a distrust in the product and the people behind the material coming out of the factory. Did you ever hear? This is kind of a side tangent. Have you ever heard of the? It's called the Jungle by Upton Sinclair. Uh-uh. It was like during like the twenties, the teens of the twenties, and he like went into he like went undercover into like food factories, and Ooh. it was just disgusting. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it's I an interesting know. book. Yeah. The most famous origin of this urban legend happened on October 31st, 1974. Ronald O'Brien put some cyanide in a handful of pixie sticks and handed them out to children in his neighborhood, as well as his son, Timothy, and his daughter, Elizabeth. He had just taken out an expensive life insurance policy on his kids and wanted to collect the money. The only kid who actually died from the pixie stick was his son, Timothy. Everything found about razor blades or needles in the candy, I couldn't really find anything about truth to any of that. Um, They just noted it as people trying to play a Halloween prank and giving it to people. But I don't think that's very funny. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We came to get reassurance. Right. Yeah, murder is definitely not funny. Not funny. Thanks for asking. (laughs) No razor blades, please. (laughs) That's not funny. Right? (laughs) I missed the joke. That's wild. Yeah. Could you imagine, like... No. He must have been in some crazy debt or something. Yeah. Like, that's... Even then, like... You're a crazy person. You did it. Yeah. Yeah, that's... He... Did it say what happened to him? No, but I think he he was found guilty of doing it. So he's in... Mm -hmm. Yeah, got charged But he wanted to... That's why he wanted to do it to several other kids, because he didn't just want it to be pinned on him and his kids. So he was trying to... Blame That's it on somebody insane. trying to poison. Well, he did poison <sighs> kids. It was him. Dang, that's messed up. I wonder if the mom knew about it. I don't believe so. Ooh. Yeah. Can you imagine? Ooh, if I found out and my person wasn't locked up by that time, he'd be dead. Yeah. No way. Yeah, that's... I would kill him. Then you'd be in jail for murder? I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that's justified. Yep. The next one I have is The Hook, which is a pretty famous one. Uh, the story goes, two young lovers are parked in a makeout spot when a news story breaks on the radio. A killer's escaped custody with his sole distinguishing feature being a hook in place of an amputated hand. The woman unsettle, is unsettled and implores her lover to lock the car doors, which he does. But the thought of the hook crashing through the window begins to consume her, and she pleads for them to drive off. Annoyed, the boyfriend agrees. When he drops her off at home, she exits the car and notices that a hook is dangling from the door handle. Ooh. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, the truth is that aside from the hook hand twist, couples 
who uh, parked in a designated lover's lane, quote unquote, uh, they had many reasons to be terrified. Uh, a former military man named Clarence Hill was convicted in 1942 of several murders in Pennsylvania. Um, he would creep up on unsuspecting car occupants and shoot them through the windows. Uh, it says these attacks made for other ripe stories over avoiding uh, making out in parked cars in the 60s. So is the Zodiac. Yeah, the Zodiac did the same thing. Yep, and they never caught him. Mm-hmm. I never heard of this guy, though. That's yeah. pretty... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Creepy. Could you imagine if you were that guy and you were just trying to, like, maybe knock on the window for help, <laughs> and then they drove off and your hook left? Be like, damn, those are expensive, man. <laughs> Lost my hand and my hook. <laughs> and I still rough. don't have a ride. It's been a rough few days. <laughs> my feet hurt. My hand is gone. <laughs> oh, what uh, a bad day for that guy. Uh, yeah. That okay. was it. Was that in the Urban Legend movie? The hook hand guy? It was. Or that's, uh, what am I thinking of? I know what you did last summer. I was going to say Peter Pan. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know what you did last summer. Also a good movie. That whole movie's based around that thing, I guess. Yeah. That's in those 90s movies. Urban Legend was the guy in the back seat. That's right. Yeah. I think I have that one, too. I'll go over that one next. But. My next one's Bloody Mary. So the Urban Legend, um, there's actually many versions of the Urban Legend, but this is the one that I found and liked the most. A long time ago, there was a little girl named Mary who grew very ill and fell into a deep coma. The doctor, who was old and feeble, told the family that she was dead. The family had a funeral and laid the girl to rest. Mary's family lived very close to the graveyard where she was she was buried. The first night, Mary's mother thought she heard screams coming from the grave, but no one believed her. Days late, later, Mary's mother convinced them to dig up her grave and found that Mary was dead, but saw scratches on the top of the coffin and her fingernails were bloody in efforts to escape the grave as she was buried alive. If you follow these instructions, you may be able to see Mary yourself. Stand alone in the dark in front of the mirror and say her name three times, turning around in place after each time. After the third time, you will see her behind you in the mirror and she will scare you to death. Oh. So, we used to do that all the time. Did you? I was always away. I was a pussy. Yeah, I, I never afraid. did it. He's still afraid of the dark, ladies uh, and gentlemen. No, I'm not. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still sleep with a bat, yes or no? I mean, there's one close. Is it for paranormal activity no, or is it for, for robbers? That's for robbers. Are you sure? If they get in here, they're not going out. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> I've, I don't know why. I've always done that. That's what? like my biggest... Slept with no, a bat. No, yeah. Well, been afraid of like... <laughs> I still, like I lock my door when I sleep. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't... That's like my biggest fear is somebody breaking in and me like not knowing and then just being in here while I'm asleep. Yeah. I don't know why that just like... The thought of that freaks me. I've never had anybody break into anything, but that's like your worst fear, always huh? in the back of my mind. Yeah, I don't know Somebody why. could be in here. Mm-hmm. Huh. And that's why I, because I sleep with my door locked, because if they try to get in my room. You'll hear the jiggle. You'll hear it, and then I got a fucking bat right there, <laughs> and then they're fucked. <laughs> that's my theory anyway. Hmm. Doesn't it make sense? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, there's a method it. to the madness. See, I was like that too, but then now <laughs> that I have Evie, I sleep with my door open. Because I want to hear something. If I hear it, I'm going to her room first. Yeah. 
That's so scary. But then you can't really have a kid locked at her bedroom door because if there's like a fire or something. Our doors, our, my house was built in 1920. I don't have any locks. They're like old. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Those doors are like I knew the doors original the, to yeah. the house. <laughs> they're big and I think there probably is a skeleton key somewhere, yeah. but I don't have it. So somebody's got the key to my house uh-huh. doors. Um, anyway. Sorry, a little tangent again. <laughs> so, <laughs> we keep going off into nowhere. The truth about Bloody Mary is that not many confirmed origin stories are out there, so we don't really know. Some say that Mary Tudor, who uh, put many Protestants to death, was given the nickname Bloody Mary, or Elizabeth Bathory, also known as the Queen of Blood. I was going to say, why does that sound familiar? She's the one that, like, bathed Elizabeth, in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she killed her servant girls and bathed in their blood. We should do an episode on her because I really find her interesting. Yeah, there's a couple things on these lists that I would like to do full episodes on in the future. Have you ever seen Stay Alive? Yeah, that one about the the game. game? Yeah, It's based on her. her. Yeah, Yeah, because she thought that was like the fountain of youth or something, right? Young people's blood. So that's, oof. And then, um, so she was convicted of murdering hundreds of girls and known to bathe in her blood like we... Sorry. We jumped ahead. Um, Mary Worth was a witch as executed in the Salem witch trials, and she could also be kind of tied to the origin of the story. Hmm. Well, me and my friends used to do this all the time, and here I am still alive. Hmm. So, survived. so if anybody wants to to do this, let us know what happens. If we don't hear from you, obviously she scared you to death. <laughs> it's weird how that that whole thing is just based around you in your own head, like. Mm-hmm. You just get so scared in yeah. your head that you, I don't yeah. know, it's weird how your mind will play tricks on you like that. Yeah. I actually have a explanation to why people see things. So it says, staring into a mirror in a dimly lit room for a prolonged period of time can cause one to hallucinate. Uh, facial features may appear to melt, distort, disappear, and rotate, while other hallucinatory elements such as animal or strange faces may appear. Giovanni Caputo of the University of Urbino writes that the phenomenon, which he calls strange face illusion, is believed to become a consequence of a disassociative identity effect, which causes the brain's facial recognition system to misfire in a currently unidentified way. Uh, other possible explanations for the phenomenon include illusions attributed to uh, perceptual effects of Troxler's fading and possible... Uh, possibly help self hypnosis, which is basically like what we said, where your mind will. I don't know what the hell you just said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I no, I get it, I get it. So in <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> you don't get it. Did you I said you don't you? get it. Did I fit you? Don't. Oh shit, that's funny. Um. It says the color of the mirror can also have an effect where silver-based mirrors portray a more masculine figure while the glass behind the mirrors portray a feminine figure like most people see. Hmm. That also happens whenever you're doing like ghosts, like um, you're trying to find ghosts in a picture. Your face wants to recognize faces and things so it can... You can think that you see something that you really don't. It's like matrixing or something like that, I think it's called. That's like... In like the woods, whenever you're walking in the woods at night, you just like see things. Yeah. And it's just your mind trying to make sense of it. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Here's a definition for Troxler's fading, because you don't know what the hell I just said. <laughs> you uh, said a lot of stuff. I did. That was a lot of words. Troxler's fading uh, is an optical illusion affecting visual perception. What When one fixates on a particular point or for even a sh- short period of time, 
An unexchanging stimulus away from the fixation point will fade away and disappear. So basically, like what we said, your mind will put things there that aren't there, Mm -hmm. which is pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that's it for that one. Okay. My next one is Helltown. Summit. Zoltan. Zoltan. Helltown. Helltown. It's in Summit County, Ohio, which is between Cleveland and Akron. So it's about, I Googled it because I want to go there now. It's about three hours. Mm -hmm. So road trip. Anything to the lake's about three hours, yeah. The urban legend. (sighs) Okay, is that. You okay over there? Yeah. Sorry, I just had to take a deep breath. (laughs) Helltown is located in Summit County, Ohio. It was abandoned after the federal government ordered the evacuation after a dangerous chemical spill. The spill caused mutations among the human residents and animals in the area. One of the reported products of mutation was a monstrous python known as the Peninsula Python. That's tough. Nice. Yeah. Scary. You got there. I did. proud of you. Took a minute. Uh, we, you know, we don't edit this stuff out because you need to know who we are. Yeah. And we do not say words right. <laughs> That's who we are. Yeah. <laughs> and George has a lot of input. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That's true. So the Peninsula Python we were talking about. <laughs> so we don't want to visit the Peninsula Python. No. I'm not a fan of snakes. They scare me. Mm-mm. Or peninsulas. Especially peninsulas. Just kidding. Yeah, Florida's, I love Florida. Florida's all right. Florida. <laughs> yeah, I take that back. Okay, so another story claims that Helltown was abandoned due to persistent and disturbing paranormal activities involving spirits and ghosts. Some claim that an old abandoned church building in Helltown was the base of a satanic cult that terrorized the residents. An abandoned school bus in Helltown is said to be haunted by the ghost of a serial killer and a group of school children this serial killer kidnapped and murdered. A different version claims that the children were abducted and killed by Satanists in a mass sacrificial ritual. So I'm there for everything else, just not the python. Yeah, fuck the python. Yeah. So how does that come into play? You want to know what the truth is? I sure do. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So... (laughs) (laughs) Boston Village was founded in 1806 and Boston Township was abandoned in 1974 after the federal government took away the land to create what is now known as the Cuyahoga National Park. Mm. The government forced the original residents of Helltown to sell their their properties. President Gerald Ford signed a bill in December 1974 that empowered the National Park Service to take over their land to establish the Cuyahoga Valley National Recreational Park or area. Um, the Cuyahoga Valley National Recreation Area was redesignated a national park in 2000. But the decision to take the land was due to the rising concerns about rapid deforestation. However, the area remained an abandoned township since the residents left because the government has not implemented the original plan to demolish the houses and to develop the area into a park as proposed. So it's still... They just left everything up? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So I have a friend, Nisa and David, in Cleveland. 
tell me about this place, guys. Yeah, that is interesting. Because I'd like to go visit it. It'd be pretty crazy to go and just see all this abandoned Do they houses. let you just walk around in the abandoned houses, or is that they tell you not to go in them? Oh, I'm sure you're not supposed to go in there. That's but. so weird. I guess it, it's expensive to tear shit down. I guess. So they just let the earth reclaim it. It's like... uh, For the Peninsula Python. There's probably animals in there. like The Peninsula Python. (laughs) Keep setting me up. We're going good. (laughs) Just keep hammering (laughs) that python. Um, That's like uh, shipwrecks and stuff in the ocean. Mm -hmm. They just let it go. Yeah. It comes like a coral reef. Yeah. Yep. So that's interesting. So three hours. Road trip. There's probably nothing else there, though, I bet. No, I don't. I feel like she had told me... About it at one point, and that it was nothing really there, but yeah. still be cool to say like we went legend. there. Yeah, yeah. That reminds me of that town in Pennsylvania that the mine caught on fire. Yeah, let's do a little ditty on that. Yeah, it's called Centralia, and basically, I think it was in the eighties, seventies, or eighties. Um, it was like a mining town, and the mine was all the way underneath the whole town, and then the mine caught on fire. So they had to evacuate because the fumes were coming up from the ground. Mm-hmm. So basically, there's just a whole town in Pennsylvania that's abandoned and still on fire today. That's crazy. So it's been crazy. burning for a long time, yeah. That they couldn't put it out in some way. I don't know. Yeah, there's no way to really get in there. And Unless it would, you flood it. I don't, I don't know. Well, and like, wouldn't it eventually run out of stuff to burn? It's just like the earth. It's like the earth is on fire, basically, underneath the ground. Huh. So it's, it's kind of just... I don't sound like a raging fire, but it's like smoldering. Yeah. So it's still, there's like toxic fumes that come from the ground, so everybody had to leave. Like, but if you go there, there's like cars and there's, there's like houses that are just have like stuff in them from people. So it's kind of it like that, Chernobyl. If it wasn't that dangerous though, and the fact that you're, I mean, you can't go in there for probably long periods of time and they don't want people living there, you'd think you'd be able to go back and get your stuff. Yeah, I don't know how that worked because, yeah, there's people that go there and like visit. It's probably not good for you. Yeah, probably not. Because of the fumes, but yeah, you'd think you could, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Well, we're going to Pennsylvania next weekend, maybe a road trip. (gasps) I think it's far away. I don't know. Why don't you tell me? Let's see here. Centralia, Pennsylvania, on the map. That would be so fun. Let's see. Uh... Well, that's very... Oh, yeah, it's like almost near Philadelphia. I want to go to Philadelphia. You just want to go because of Rocky. I do. I'm going to run halfway up the steps and then take a break <laughs> and then run the rest of the way. And walk. Yeah. Well, I say we need to plan a road trip to there. To Philly and to that other place. Oh, wow. This article says it's been burning for 50 years. Wow. It's all off. History.com corrected <laughs> me. Yeah, it's super interesting, though, but it's not really a legend, but it's still... It's just weird. It's, yeah, it rem- it's very Chernobyl-esque mm-hmm. because there's just stuff that's just... Well, and I would like to go to Chernobyl, but this place is way closer. This is, yeah, by hundreds of miles. Yeah, so let's just do that. Hundreds and hundreds. I can still get a Geiger, Geiger meter. I don't, there's no radiation. Just to pretend. <laughs> Make the noise with it. Beep, 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 beep. Right. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> We could do that, and then we could do a podcast, like a live we could film a video. Facebook video. What do y'all think about that? Yeah. Would you watch it? Tell us in a comment. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> no, y'all are stupid as hell. <laughs> right. All right. All right. What's your next so, one? So the next one I have is Loch Ness, which is a pretty famous one. The monster. The monster. Um, there really isn't too much about it, except for there's just like a list of sightings. 
but um, it's the second largest lake in Scotland, which is interesting. Hmm. It's guess how deep it is. If you had to guess, you know I'm not bad with, good with measuring. I'm not bad. <laughs> I'm not good, but I'm not bad. <laughs> no, I'm definitely bad at measuring. I have no idea. A thousand kilometers. It's 745 feet deep. What? Could you imagine like sitting at the top and realizing there's 700 feet beneath you? So if Loch Ness isn't in there, something else is. Yeah. Is it salt water? No, it's fresh water. Dang it. But it's weird because it's like pewter is like the sand, so it's like black. Oh. So the water is like black, black. Yeah. It's weird. Because I was thinking like maybe the Megalodon, but it's not salt water. They, um, well, we'll go back to the beginning. There's been sightings since 1933. Um, they built a road around the lake, which was complete in 1933. They gave people an uh, unobstructed view of the lake for the first time. Because I guess the only way you could see it is from, I guess they tore down trees and stuff so yeah. that people could see it. Um, but a couple people, or a couple claimed they saw a sea creature, and then from there it just like took off. Mm-hmm. So now that's kind of one of those things that once you see it, or once you hear about it, then people just go and be like, oh, I saw it too. Right. Like, they, like it's your mind, again, playing tricks on you. Mm-hmm. You kind of put things there that aren't there. Um, there was a famous photograph in the 50s, but it was turned out to be a hoax. But still to this day, it says it brings in $50.6 million in tourism money. I bet. Just for the lake. I'll go there. That's crazy. Added to the list. And then another thing was that it, um, it's all, the lake is on a fault line. Yeah. So sometimes uh, seismic gas like Ooh. releases from it. Mm-hmm. So apparently under the water, it you can see the gas and it looks like shapes. So it looks like it could, your mind could think it's a monster. Something. Yeah. Well, so you, the, you are seeing something, but it's just gas. Have you ever seen the Meg? The movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's How a fault line, up. too. Yeah. Maybe it goes in and out. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe it's I'm nothing. a believer. I'll tell you that. And then also, the last thing about that is, it's not really anything to do with a legend, but Loch is Gaelic for lake. Hmm. So Loch Ness is really just Lake Ness. Huh. Which is pretty interesting. We could have heard that from one of our listeners because we are all over the world. <laughs> is there any way from Scotland? Uh, it just yeah. says UK. So probably. And possibly. For sure. So UK folks, <laughs> tell us about your Loch Ness stories. <laughs> oh. Okay. I was like, maybe. And you're like, yeah. And I was like, possibly. <laughs> you're like, for sure. <laughs> I like I'm the, the confidence. I'm the hype man. What can I say? For sure. <laughs> okay. So then what we need is anybody who is from where? Scotland. Scotland. Let us know because I feel like I'm winning a fight here. We know you're listening. Shit. Okay. Mine, my next one, is Halloween decorations that are real. Mm. The urban legend is that people pose real dead bodies during Halloween as Halloween decorations. My thing is if you're going to commit a murder... That would be the perfect time. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, except for that one guy who killed his kid. That wasn't a good time. Well, yeah, that was a bad time anytime. So no time is a good time. No time is a good time, except if you're not killing children. Or any other people. I guess. I I don't know where you're going with this. (laughs) (laughs) Or the perfect crime would be if you were in a haunted house. No. Yeah. That's happened. I know. I'm going to tell you about it. Don't steal my thunder. But like if you were in, like, what do you mean it's happened? What do you mean? What do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) It's happened. 
Like with a knife? Stabbing people? No, like there's been a body in one. Well, what I'm talking about is like having a real knife Uh, and stabbing people. Still murder, though, you know? I know. It's not good. Not good. I don't know why you're pro-murder right now, but it's kind of weird. Not pro-murder. I'm just saying. Only on Halloween. The perfect crime could be committed. Anyway. I don't know you. So the truth. (laughs) The truth is this does happen. As spoiler alert. <laughs> no. Spoiler alert. Jordy already screwed it up for me. Oh my. Anyway, I'm gonna tell you some examples. Let so me tell in, you something. Let me tell you something. In Frederica, Delaware, two thousand five, people drive by a Halloween decoration of a woman hanging in a tree. Four hours passed and people are constantly driving by this lady hanging in a tree. Somebody calls the police, they investigate, and discover that this is actually a real woman who apparently committed suicide by jumping from a tree limb above and hanging herself about 9 p.m. the previous night. Ugh. So think about all those people that drove by just thinking it was a joke. and Or just a decoration. No jokes. Oh, my gosh. Denver, Colorado. The mailman was making his normal rounds and found there was a scarecrow dressed in work clothes laying in the middle of his path to a mailbox. He assumed it was just a Halloween decoration that had fallen over, and he stepped over the body and dropped the mail in the spot. Spot. The slot. The spot where the slot is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, the body of the homeowner was discovered after his son came home from work. Are you okay? I don't know, man. I'm telling my life story here. Okay. Anyway. He, so the son came home from work and found that his dad was laying there dead. Dang. The homeowner had been dropped off from work after working the night shift and collapsed in front of his house and died. Dang. That's messed yeah. up. Los Angeles, California, 2009. Uh, an apartment in L.A. gained a lot of attention, um, and they appeared to have a sinister-looking dummy slumped over their furniture. People at the complex started getting suspicious and eventually called the authorities. When they went into the apartment, they discovered that the dummy was actually the occupant, a 75-year-old man who had been shot in the eye. His body had sat there for almost a week. Holy cow. Sparta, Michigan. I don't have a date for this one, but a teenager uh, begged to work at a haunted house. Um, The guy who ran the haunted house, he said he didn't have any open positions, but the teenager begged and said he would... He just wants to participate. He doesn't want to get paid. So they did find him a spot, which was in a coffin. Then he was going to jump out and scare the people that walked by. Um, He got bored with that quickly and decided to swap another teenager who was working on a mannequin who was hanging off of a noose scene. He got bored with that setup and decided it would be a lot scarier if he put his own head in the noose. Not a good idea. Something shifted as he was trying to get his head in, and the rope tightened around his neck. Patrons passed by him as he was kicking and screaming, and they thought he was just putting on a good show, but he was actually suffocating. The authorities were called, and he was pronounced dead, and it was deemed an accident. Holy cow. Yeah. I got one more. Long Beach, California, 1975. An episode of The Six Million Dollar Man was being filmed at the Pike in Long Beach. While filming in the funhouse, the prop man moved all the props out of the funhouse, and he was carrying a dummy, and the arm broke off, and muscle tissue and bone were noticed in the break. 
The police were called and an investigation ensued. The body had shrunk to 63 inches and only 50 pounds, and it was identified as Elmer J. McCurdy, who was a train bank ro- or train and bank robber. He was quoted as the bandit who wouldn't give up. He had a shootout in 1911 with the police and was act- and actually got hit and, and died. The body was taken to a funeral home in Oklahoma where it was embalmed and the funeral director waited for somebody to claim the body. Nobody ever did. And he was mad because he had embalmed this guy, but nobody paid him for the work that he had done. So what he decided to do is display McCurdy's body to make money and charge people a nickel to view him. Wow. The body changed hands several times and somehow made it to the fun house in Long Beach. After this incident, McCurdy was taken back to Oklahoma where he was actually buried. Wow, that's wild. That was in 1975 and he died in 1911. Wow. Yeah. That's messed up. Crazy. You'd think there'd be some kind of smell. Well, probably after a while it just stops. Because yeah, it's all... I guess it's like you're rotting is the smell. Yeah, once you're all done. That's, uh... Yeah, that's gross. Mm-hmm. Ugh. The next one I have is Slender Man. Mm. Did you, do you know anything about him? I know. Stuff about him. Yeah, apparently his creation was for a creepypasta. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And it was a, all like a story. So, but it was like really well done the way they... I think it was actually for like a college class. They tried to create an urban legend, basically, mm-hmm. and then it just took off like crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty much everybody knows about them, and um, the stories commonly feature him stalking, abducting, or traumatizing people, particularly children. Um, there's not a single narrative; it's kind of splintered off from the original creation of it, and there's a bunch of different stories about it. But in 2014, a moral panic occurred whenever Slenderman, um, he was connected to uh, several violent acts. You heard about these? Yeah, with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, particularly a near-fatal near stabbing of a 12-year-old girl in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Yeah. On May 31st, 2014, two 12-year-old girls in Waukesha, Wisconsin, held down and stab, stabbed a 12-year-old classmate 19 times. Um, when questioned by authorities, they reported... They wished to commit a murder as a first step to becoming proxies for the Slender Man uh, after they read about it online. Yeah, that's crazy. I've, HBO has a Slender Man show documentary on that, and it is insane. Oh, yeah. It's weird how some things just latch into kids like that. Yeah. Because this says they also stated that they were afraid that Slender Man would kill their families if they did not commit the murder. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it says after the perpetrators left the scene, the victim crawled into the woods after passing, or after a passing cyclist alerted authorities, the victim survived the attack. Both attackers have been diagnosed with mental illnesses, what but a have been charged girl. charged as adults, facing up to sixty five years in prison. Nineteen times. That's crazy. That is crazy. Think about how small a twelve year old is too. That's uh-huh. like, ugh, that's awful. But yeah. I'm glad she's okay now. Yeah. What. I mean, I'm sure she's going to need to help with her mental state, too, after yeah, not you, trusting anybody because they yeah. thought that they were her friends and they lured her out and stabbed her. Mm. Crazy. Yeah, there's um, one actually in Cincinnati, too. Oh, really? It says, after hearing the story, an unidentified woman from Cincinnati, Ohio, told a WLWT-TV reporter in June 2014 that her 13-year-old daughter had attacked her with a knife and had... 
written macabre fiction, including Slender Man, who the mother said motivated the attack. What? Trying to stab her mom? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my. And then she found a bunch of, like, writings. It is a creepy story. It is, but, yeah. If you didn't realize it wasn't. Evie's not allowed to get on the internet until she's, like, 65. Yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah, it is a very good story the way they did it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of crazy that it took on its life of its own. Yeah. And it's actually making people do things like that. There's a bunch. There's one September 4, 2014, a 14-year-old girl in Port Ritchie, Florida, alleged, or allegedly set her family's house on fire while her mother and 9-year-old brother were inside. Ugh. And they, she also stated about reading stories online. Um, she had visited the website that contains a lot of Slenderman information several times. And it would be safe to say there's a connection to that. Wow. There's also during an early 2015 epidemic of suicide attempts by young people ages 12 to 24 on the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Slenderman was cited as the the influence. The tribe president noted that many Native Americans traditionally believe in a suicide spirit similar to the Slenderman. And it like the Skinwalker? This one's called the Big Man. Oh. Um, Yeah. But it's just, it says it's a warning that society is heading in a dangerous direction. Durr. Yeah, it's wild. But, Mm. yeah, that, it's, there's not really much on that one except for, it's crazy whenever something like that becomes real. Uh Because, like, it's just. We are imitating fiction. Yeah. It's weird because it becomes real. Yeah. Like, it was just a story. Now it's like, actually, mm-hmm. there's things linked to it, which There's is all kinds crazy. of stuff on that. Have you ever been on that creepypasta website? No, I've heard of it. Like, I've heard of some of them, but yeah. I've never actually been to the website. Yeah. Well, it's it's crazy now because, like, with, um, what's that, TikTok and stuff, I saw on Facebook not too long ago that this guy was recording a TikTok video and you can see something creepy in the right hand corner. Mm. So I was like, what is this? So I watched it like 20 times. It looks like a cat. Oh, really? But then the guy, I mean, it could have well been a cat, but then he got so much media attention that now he's like, I don't know what it is. Yeah, you lean into it. And then, yeah. And one of these days we're going to be watching a TikTok video from this dude and his cat's going to be in it. And we're going to be like, that's what was on your stairs, bro. Mm-hmm. But, do you ever watch, uh, it's called Top Fives? Uh, sometimes, yeah. yeah. Do you ever see the one where the guy, it was like, he was he was in a hunting lodge out in the middle of nowhere by himself, and he was like going to go hunt the next day, and he woke up, or he took a picture of like like a panoramic picture to show the whole place, and in the picture there's somebody standing outside, Ugh. but he didn't see it. He just like, because it, it's so small on your phone, yeah. but he sent it to like his mom and like friends and just said, I like, this place is cool, oh. and they saw it. And then he went outside, and there's, like, tracks leading up, <gasps> and then they just went back. Like, or he said there's tracks leading up to his house, uh-huh. and then there's they just disappeared. That's creepy. So I don't know if the guy just took his tracks back. but No, he's probably inside the house. No, they stopped, like, because it was in the snow. Oh, so, so it didn't lead all the way to no, the house? No, it was, like, just to where he was in the picture, mm. and then it was just gone. Like, that, I would leave so fast. Yeah, I wouldn't go outside. If somebody told me there was somebody standing outside, but I'd be like, had, okay, like a, no. He had, like, a gun because he was going hunting. I don't care. I've seen but enough. Still. I've seen enough. Yeah, if you're all by yourself, I would no. No. I would just walk to the car and go. Do Facebook Live so <laughs> everybody can see what happens. Ugh. Never be alone. Crazy. All right. My next one is um, we are, our dad and a bunch of our family is from Pennsylvania. I know you mentioned it before. So I found this one um, out of Pittsburgh, which is called The Green Man or Charlie No Face. 
The uh, the urban legend is their green man was a local myth in P- PA. The green man was a laborer who was either struck by lightning or electrocuted while working on a railroad in the South Park area. Some versions of the legend say he died and his ghost haunts the area at night. Others say he was horribly disfigured and only comes out at night. Most versions agree that he glows green. There is a railroad tunnel along Piney Ford Road in South Park Township known to locals as the Green Man Tunnel. Since legend says, oh, legend says the Green Man was electrocuted railroad worker, many believe that his spirit haunts the former train tunnel. So the truth about this is actually sad. Um, so Raymond Robinson was a severely disfigured man who liked to take nighttime walks. Robinson was so badly injured in a childhood electrical incident that he could not go out in public without fear of creating a panic, so he took long walks at night. Local tourists uh, would drive along the road in hopes of meeting the green man or Charlie No-Face. They passed on tales about him to their children and grandchildren, and people um, raised on these tales are sometimes surprised to discover that he was a real person and was liked by his family and neighbors. Robinson was nine years old when he was injured by an electrical line as he climbed a pole and reached for a bird's nest on Murado Bridge outside of Beaver Falls. The bridge carried a trolley and had electrical lines and had actually killed another boy less than a year earlier. Robinson survived, defined doctors' expectations, but he was severely disfigured. He lost an eye, or both of his eyes. He lost his nose and his right arm. Wow. Robinson lived in Koppel and spent his days at home with relatives, and he made doormats, wallets, and belts to sell. Because of his appearance, he rarely ventured out during the day, but he liked to go on his long walks on the stretch of State Route 351. Groups of locals regularly gathered to search for him walking along the road. Robinson usually... Um, hid from curious neighbors, but would sometimes exchange a short conversation or photograph for beer or cigarettes. Some were friendly and others were cruel, but none of his encountered none of his encounters deterred Robinson from his nightly walks. He was struck by cars, actually, more than once because of his walks. Um, he didn't stop his walks until the last years of his life and retired to the Beaver County Geriatric Center, where he died in 1985 at the age of 74. There are pictures of this guy, and he looks... I could see why there would be an urban legend about him, because he looks rough, but that's so sad. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Man. Um, I have one here I've never heard of before. It's called uh, Greece's Bleeding Stone Curse. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. Um, the Bleeding Stone was erected by the ancient citizens of... Ooh, that's a rough word. Thessaloniki mm-hmm. to memorialize thousands of citizens that were brutally murdered at the site by the Byzantine emperor Theodosius. <clears throat> it was believed to bleed every year on the anniversary of the killings. Oh, really? Uh, and then not wanting to be reminded of the massacre every year, he ordered the stone be destroyed. And ever since, a curse has allegedly befallen uh, what's known as Hippodrum Square. As Greece's... Er, it writes, almost every building that was erected in the area, specifically any building whose tenants failed to acknowledge the sacred history of the site, was violently destroyed. Oh. It says, the curse worked its evil magic until 1978 when an earthquake caused a building to collapse, resulting in the death of 29 people in its place. The Billy Building was built, which houses uh, the archives um, and features lots of information of the massacre and is believed to have lifted the curse. Huh. 
That's pretty wild. Yeah, that is crazy. Where was that at? Greece. Uh, Greece, yeah. Add it to the list. <laughs> All right. My next one is Boy Scout Lane. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. So the urban legend is Boy Scout Lane is an isolated road in Linwood Township, Wisconsin. It was given the name because of a tragic incident that a troop of Boy Scouts perished in. It is said that the desolate road is now haunted by the ghosts of the Boy Scouts who died there. According to local urban legend during the 1950s or early 1960s, a troop of Boy Scouts visited the area on expedition where they hoped to earn a number of merit badges. However, that night as they slept, they were murdered one by one by their scoutmaster. Or some stories, it's the bus driver. And a second variation on the legend, a small group of Boy Scouts leave their camp during the night and accidentally drop their lantern, resulting in a forest fire that kills the entire troop. I like the serial killer one better. Mm-hmm. Of course you would. You're all about murder. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the only truth I could really find about this is that the road was named Boy Scout Lane because the land that's located near the near there was once owned by the Boy Scouts of America. <laughs> Less <laughs> and, uh, ominous. And they planned to use the land to build a scout camp. <laughs> Although the camp was never constructed and the land remains woodland, the name was still used. Hmm. So that's all I could find on that one as far as the origin. Right. That's what a lot of these are hard to find the origins. I'm not yeah, sure why. Yeah, that was the last one that I actually had an origin story for. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple other ones, but I it's just urban legend. I don't have any any truth to it. Right. So, what you got? I got the chupacabra. Chupacabra. Which mean the chup? It's from chupar, which means to suck, and cabra, which means goat. To suck a goat. So it means goat sucker. It sounds like a terrible, like something you'd call somebody. Yeah, um, I'm gonna call you the choop. It's is <laughs> a legendary cryptid rumored to inhabit parts of the Americas, with first sightings being reported in Puerto Rico. The names comes from the animal's reported habit of attacking and drinking the blood of livestock, especially goats. Huh. Uh, the physical descriptions may vary. It is purportedly a heavy creature with the size of a small bear. With spine, uh, a row of spines reaching from its neck to the base of the tail. Ooh. Eyewitnesses have been claimed in Puerto Rico um, and as far north as Maine and as far south as Chile. And even being spotted outside the Americas in countries like Russia and the Philippines. So, it's kind of all over the place. I've always heard of chupacabras, but I never really knew what it was. Yeah, it's kind of just, it's like Bigfoot almost. It's like a beaver. Yeah, like a like a bear, beaver, goat sucker thing. I'm just gonna let you keep talking and see where this goes. With razors, yep, on its back, and then that's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the first reported attack was attributed to the creatures, or to the creature, and occurred March 1995 in Puerto Rico. Eight sheep were discovered uh, dead, each with three puncture wounds in the chest area, and reportedly drained of the blood. Hmm. A few months later, in August. Um, an eyewitness, Madeline Tolentio, reported seeing the creature in a Puerto Rican town of Canovanas, um, which has as many as 150 farm animals and pets that were reportedly killed. With three puncture wounds. That's weird. That is very weird. So it's not a vampire. Mm-hmm. It's the chupacabra. The chupacabra. 
1975, similar ta- uh, killings were linked to this. So hmm. they're kind of just all over. That's It just has a bunch of listings of... Do they have like a picture of the chupacabra? No. Nobody's ever seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that so? Yeah. <laughs> There's no photos. <laughs> hmm. Well, right then. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of all there is for that one. It's just like, like I said, a bunch of uh, accounts of things that might be it. So it's kind of mm. hard to say that that's it. Okay. Here's another description, actually. It says the chupacabra is that of a reptile-like creature said to have leathery, scaly, greenish-gray skin with sharp spines or quills running down its back. It's said to be approximately three to four feet and stands up and hops in a fashion similar to a kangaroo. See I was way off. I was thinking it was like a beaver. Yeah, not a beaver. Uh, like a cute little thing like that. There's another one. It says another common description of the chupacabra is that of a the breed of a wild dog. Its form is mostly hairless and has a pronounced spinal ridge, which is what people think are the uh, spot. Yeah. Um, has pronounced eye sockets, fangs, and claws. Three fangs. Three fangs, apparently, yeah. Unlike uh, conventional predators, the chupacabra is said to drain the animal's blood and sometimes its organs, usually with three holes in a shape of a downwards pointing triangle. Okay. I've got a visual on that. This is, <laughs> this is helping. And that's really all it says. Couldn't just be werewolves, though. That's it. Apparently, there's a lot of, in South America and stuff, there's a lot of stray dogs that are yeah. hairless. I don't know why they're hairless, huh. but apparently that's what people most people think it is yeah it's just a hairless dog well then they would probably also eat small livestock if they're hungry enough well yeah so i don't know really know where the chupacabra part came in so i'm just gonna to, say we busted that myth yeah that's some bullshit mm-hmm. not even real <laughs> all right you ready for this next one uh-huh this one scares me good wow <laughs> Okay, Pigman Road. You ever heard about this? Uh Uh-uh. About to tell you. Okay. Holland Road in Angola, New York is an original, just kidding. It's original and ordinary, both at the same time, road. That's a backdrop for two scary urban legends. Jesse Hell and his best friend Paco decided to take a drive down this road after hearing about a tragic train incident from December 19, or 1867. As a passenger train neared a bridge, a rear axle somehow became loose, causing the attached car to break free and roll down an embankment. Only one person died initially, but the two coal stoves on board broke open. Ugh. That set fire to the train car and 50 passengers burned to death. Holy cow. That just sounds terrible. I never even thought about that happening. Ugh. Hell and his friends saw a train traveling over an old bridge. Before their eyes, the train came to an improbable sudden halt. Eager to take a picture, Hell turned his vehicle around only to see the train speeding away. Hell believes that the ghosts of those who perish on the road are now haunting the place. And if that wasn't enough, there's also a legend about a killer who lived on the road. The man wore a pig mask, creating the nickname Pigman Road. A man in a pig mask, that just creeps me out. I don't know why. That is a rough visual. I just don't like it. 
Pigman allegedly lived there about 60 years ago, possibly a butcher. Pigman Pigman would chop off pigs' heads and place them on stakes around his home. He placed three pigs' heads right by his door to make sure everyone stayed away. Three young boys were not deterred and decided to pay Pigman a visit and see what he was up to for fun. The night, of course, ended up with three human heads on the stakes, and Pigman was never seen from again. Mike Sad from Lancaster decided he would go pay a visit to this scary site. He took a female friend with him and puffed up his chest as they approached the bridge. He became less confident when he saw Pigman raped me here, spray-painted across it. Determined to not chicken out, they got out of the car, but when the sounds of squealing pigs echoed through the darkness, they jumped back in the car and fled, never to return to Pigman Road. Like, you know in Saw, the the pig head guy? Isn't that a white mask? No. Is that a pig? What? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> My mouth just did not make a sentence. I'm looking at you and I'm trying to still figure out what are you saying? I'm thinking of the wrong mask. You're thinking of what? William Shatner mask. No. Yeah. I'm thinking of the one in the first one where he's like taking pictures of the apartment. Yeah. And that the pig? With the pig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I thought it was like white. No, it's pink. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. My and then at the doing... end, too, it's like in a parking garage or something. Mm-hmm. But there's another movie that had the pig, too. I know in American Horror Story, they had a pig head thing. I never watched that show. I was not. Ugh, that just freaks me out. I can never get into that. I don't know why. They have some good seasons and some not so good seasons. Okay. That was all for that one. Um, I just have one last one, and I never heard of it before. It's the Night Marchers of Hawaii. Hmm. You ever heard of that? No. Um, the Night Marchers, or not going to try to say that. That's Hawaiian. Uh, Haka Haki Po. Sorry, Hawaiian listeners. Nailed it. Um, they're spirits of former ancient Hawaiian warriors who once in life protected Hawaii's most sacred people. These people were so sacred, in fact, that the commoners were not allowed to look at them. If they did, they would be killed. The Night Marchers. Uh, weren't allowed or weren't there to harangue anyone. They were simply doing their jobs, which is why they traveled at night to avoid peering eyes. Um, it says they continue to roam around Hawaii at night as spirits. And legend has it, if you look directly into a night marcher's eyes, you will be marked for death. Hmm. If you do happen to find yourself in the middle of a procession, you're supposed to lie down in the middle of the road in order to show your respect. Really? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of that either. Yeah, it's interesting, though. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. I got, I guess, one last one, too. I got a couple other ones, but I think one more would be good. Yeah. We're getting kind of Kind of long. long. Yep. All right. My last one is Teak Teak. A shy girl became the target of mean pranks at a Japanese school. Japanese urban legends are always freaky. People thought it was hilarious to scare the girl and see her almost jump out of her skin, but one day their pranks went too far. She was waiting for a train when a kid put a cicada on her shoulder, which is, ugh, Mm -hmm. those cicadas are gross. She became so terrified that she lost her footing and fell into the, the rail track where she was cut in half by the oncoming train. Holy cow. Tells are told of the girl's spirit hanging around Japanese train stations just waiting to take revenge. She moves her half-body to- forward by pushing on her elbows and cuts her victims in half with a scythe. Is that right? Scythe? Scythe. 
or sword. Yeah, like the sword. Like the uh, Grim Reaper has. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like for cutting hay. Mm-hmm. Or not hay. Wheat? Wheat. Wheat. The name Tiki comes from the noise of her body dragging across the ground. Ugh. Kind of, ugh. Poor yeah. little Tink Tink. Poor little Tink Tink. Tink Tink. This legend also includes the story of a boy that encountered Tik at his school. The boy wondered why a beautiful girl was just standing in the window ever since she was inside, especially since she was inside a boy's only building. Then the girl heaved herself out the window, revealing that she had no legs. The boy froze in fear and became her latest victim. A different version states that a young girl named Kashimo Riliko also lost her lower limbs when a train hit her. Riliko appeared to unwitting victims in toilet stalls and asked them where her legs are. They can't answer or give the wrong answer. She rips their legs off. Holy cow. Eee. Sitting on a toilet, minding your own business, getting your legs ripped off. Sitting on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. So that was some urban legends for you folks. Mm-hmm. We're kind of all over the place there, but... Yeah. Just we, ones we thought were interesting. We tried to because we gotten some feedback that people like whenever we banter more back and forth instead of just, like, reading. Right. So we tried to do that more in this one instead of just, like, reading you stories. Yeah. Try to become more involved with it. Hopefully you liked it. Um, leave us some feedback. Mm-hmm. Give us five stars. Yep. So... Make sure to visit our uh, website, too. There's a Patreon link on the website also if you're yes. interested in becoming a Patreon. It's just mysteryhistorypodcast.com. Yeah, don't forget. Give us your money. Yeah. We need it. <laughs> um, yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Mystery History Podcast and Twitter at Mystery Histories. Um, and then soon to be at that uh, Hook CMEC yep. too next week. Yeah, we're really so. excited about that and looking forward to partnership there. Yep. And do you want to tell them what our next episode is going to be? Oh, yeah, we're going to do uh, the Radium Girls. The Radium, which I have never heard about. George told me a little bit about them, and I think it'll be pretty cool. Um, next week, whenever we usually, usually record on Saturday or Sunday, but we're going to Pennsylvania for Memorial Day to visit our family. So we'll have to record Wednesday. Um, but that's our that's our topic we decided. So it should be a good one. Yeah, here's a little, uh, the Radium Girls were female factory workers who contracted radiation poisoning from painting watch dials with self-luminous paint. So, it's pretty interesting. It's not a good time. Don't do that. No. There's a lot more that goes into it, but that's a little overview. A little tidbit. Yeah, a little teaser there. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Please subscribe, review. Yep, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. Yep. Send us an email or a video message, or, uh, yeah, video message. Voice message. Voice video We'll take them all. Yeah, any kind of message you want to send us. Just send us a message. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.